Ephesians 3. And uh, if you're just joining with us, uh, we've been going through the book of Ephesians. We started in January, and we're just about ready to wrap up Ephesians chapter number 3 and uh, just kind of see what God has to say here this morning. Uh, And we've been looking at this prayer that Paul has been praying for the church, and I believe that knowing what God has to say about the church will radically transform how we live our Christian life, because this was the mystery that God has been revealing, and he revealed it through his son, Jesus Christ, by sending Christ uh, to the world. And it was through the death of Jesus, through the burial and the resurrection of Jesus, that that mystery of the church, that he would bring Jew and Gentile together as one, and that that would be the church. And Paul starts praying here in Ephesians chapter number 3, and we already looked at last week a little bit about that part of that prayer about uh, how we are supposed to be strengthened in the inner man and how God grants us uh, this strength uh, according to his riches, not out of his riches, but according to his riches. And we are supposed to have Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith. And now we come to the second part of this prayer here, and he talks about being rooted and grounded in love. So let's look at this prayer here. We'll we'll read through it beginning in verse number 14. So Ephesians 3, verse number 14, and we'll go through the prayer here, and then I'll show you the second part of this. So he says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now here's the second part of that prayer. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So to be rooted and grounded in love. You see, our identity in Christ should be that we are rooted and grounded in love. That should be who we are in Christ. That should be part of our makeup. Knowing who we are in Christ is that we should be rooted and grounded in love. Do you ever find that spending consistent time alone each day with the Lord in word and prayer as being difficult? Is your spiritual life often dry and routine? Are you often defeated by temptation and sin? If you've said yes to any one of those questions, then I believe that you are not experiencing the love of Christ that he has planned for you as a believer to be rooted and grounded in his love. You see, many times I believe that as believers, we've believed the gospel, we've repented of our sins, we've turned to Christ. And now we're part of the church, the body of Christ, and we do religious type of activities as a substitute of being rooted and grounded in love. 
But unless you are growing in the love of Christ, you and I are not being rooted and grounded in love. Give you an illustration about this. Do you ever remember, or maybe you remember when you first fell in love? Do you remember that time? Nothing else mattered. Your parents would be like, hey, uh, can you go? You're like, oh, no, I'm busy. I got things to do. I mean, completely out of the picture. You would do anything and everything you could possibly do to spend time with that person whom you loved. I remember the first time that my wife and I first started dating. Man, I would write her letters. I would make her things. I remember one time I made her this uh, kind of this poster type thing. I got candy bar wrappers. It was things like Almond Joy and uh, Butterfinger. And I made this like sentence out of all these candy wrapper things. It was like, oh, I get Butterfingers when I'm with you. And you know, all this kind of stupid stuff. You know what? I don't do that anymore. And she's like, you used to be so romantic when we were dating. What happened? I'm not working at it anymore. You see, when you are in love, you spend time with each other. And love is such a powerful force that it actually literally changes your life. It motivates you in ways that you do not understand. But you know, you know this as well as I do. It's one thing to fall in love, but it's one thing to sustain that love. And this is what Paul is praying for. He is praying that we will be rooted and grounded in love. The day when you turn to Jesus in faith and you received him as your savior, you fell in love with Jesus. But it's a whole other thing to sustain that love, to be rooted and grounded in love. Love does not run on autopilot. It requires work. It requires us to be constantly advancing and it constantly be diving into it. And that's what Paul's prayer here is what he's praying for. And so he's praying for us to grow deeper in our spiritual maturity with Christ, to grow deeper and deeper into his love. And so Paul is praying for spiritual maturity of the believer here, that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith, that we would be rooted and grounded in love. And with that foundation here, Paul prays that we will be able, notice what he says, to comprehend... What, Paul, that we may be able to comprehend with the saints the infinite dimensions. He talks about breadth and height and length and depth. The infinite dimensions of Christ's love. And all of this love, he says, is what surpasses knowledge. And so the final result is what he says here, that we would be filled with the fullness of God in verse number 19. So the question that I have here for you this morning is, how do we get to the place where we are rooted and grounded in love with Christ? How do we come to the place where we are falling in love with Jesus and being captured by his glory, by who he is? Well, that's what Paul's going to reveal to us here through the scriptures. So let's take a look here. Notice a few things here and what God's word has to say. Number one, God's formula that we would be rooted and grounded in love. 
So notice that he says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Notice that Paul uses this formula to help us understand what spiritual maturity really is. Rooted and grounded in love. So if we want to experience spiritual maturity, Paul is praying for that we need to follow the directions. Rooted and grounded in love. Did you ever make something and not follow the directions? I think guys are notorious for this. Oh, I'll just look at the box and I can figure it out. And then you wind up with five extra screws and you're like, oh, I think those are just extra. And your wife's looking at it. She's going, honey, this doesn't look like what it's supposed to do. The drawer is upside down. And you're like, oh, it's okay. We'll, we'll get it later. Well, Paul is saying in order to be, to have spiritual maturity in your life, you need to be rooted and grounded in love. What does that mean? What does it mean to be rooted and grounded in love? Well, see, rooted and grounded, Paul uses these two words to describe his point. What is his point? Let's look at the previous part of the prayer. Look at verse number 16. He says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So the result here, what Paul is saying, is to be strengthened with power through God's Spirit in the inner man, that Christ would come to live and dwell in your hearts, and through that, resulting in that, is that we would be rooted and grounded in love. So what love is Paul talking about here? Is this love, God's love for us? Is this our love for him or is this our love for other believers? Paul doesn't necessarily specify here. But one thing we should not forget is the main ingredient that Paul is talking about is what? Love. That's it. Love is the main focus of the Christian life. Listen to what Romans 5, 8 says. It says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's great love for us was demonstrated, it was showcased by God sending his son Jesus to die for us, a sacrifice for our sins. And all of that undergirds everything in the Christian life. And so stemming from all of that, we learn in, in Jesus in John 13, 35, he says this, By this will all men know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We learn in 1 Corinthians 13 that without love, it profits nothing. You can move mountains. You can speak with the tongues of, of men and of angels. And yet, if you have not love, it profits you nothing, is what Paul said. So let's look at these two words here. He says, being rooted and grounded. What comes to your mind when you think of the word rooted? Huh? Think of something with, with roots and it's going deep into the ground. Paul here is using these words here and the roots that are going deep into the ground is something that's able to withstand any type of things that might come up against it. It will enable you to withstand drought and fierce storms. 
A tree is a living, growing organism, and its roots go deep down into the ground. And Paul says that's what kind of way that our spiritual maturity needs to be. It needs to be deep, grounded. It needs to be rooted. And so the Christian life is a growing, living relationship with the Lord. And our roots need to go deep. And when that happens, I believe that that love will be evident in our life. Did you know that in Galatians 5.22, love is the very first fruit of the Spirit that is mentioned. And so it's a result of our spiritual maturity in Christ is that we have love. You see, if you are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, love will be manifesting itself obviously in your life. If you are not growing in demonstrable love for God and others, it indicates that you are not walking in the Spirit. So we need to be rooted in Christ. Look at this other word, grounded. To be grounded in love, it pictures a solid building. Remember what we looked at there in Ephesians 2 about Christ Jesus being the cornerstone, the foundation of the, of the, of the, of the prophets and the apostles? And so Paul is using this word here as being grounded as a, as a strong building. If you ever see when they build uh, skyscrapers... There's not a surface type foundation. That foundation goes deep. Because it needs to be able to withstand all of the wind, all of the storms, everything that happens. And it needs to be deep. And so in order for us, for as believers to have spiritual maturity in our life, we have to follow the formula. We have to be grounded in love. And so the Christian life is to be a presently lived out reality. Look at that word. He says being. That's active. That's present. That's right now. You are being rooted. That you are being grounded in love. I believe that as, as believers, even in my own life as well, that I think sometimes we try to live in the past. In other words... Yes, I've believed Christ and there were many times in my life when I surrendered to the Lord and that's good enough. But the Christian life needs to be a present reality that you are living out every single day of your life, being rooted, being grounded as what Paul is saying here, a present tense. So are you being presently right now rooted and grounded in love right now? You see, we need to be practical and realistic in this approach when we listen to what Paul is saying here. How do I know if I'm being rooted and grounded in love, Paul? What is the test? What is the test if I am being rooted and grounded in, in that? It's love. That is the test. You see, at the heart of loving God and others is dying to self. And none of us dies to self without a lifelong struggle. Did you know that you are in love with yourself? That's what God's word says. It says that you cherish your body. You care for it. You are in love with yourself. And so in order for us to have a good test and understanding of if I am being rooted and grounded in love, it's the fact of am I dying to self 
You see, maybe God doesn't answer your prayers as you think he should. Or maybe uh, you've been obedient to him, but then you get hit with an unexpected difficult trial. That shows if you are really being rooted and grounded in love. Maybe your family members don't go along with the way that you want things done. Or you show love towards someone who responds by betraying you or slandering you. Or you give yourself in what you thought was selfless service, but nobody notices or says thank you. And so your feelings get hurt. You see, that is a test of love. Am I dying to self? You see, and just as the test of a tree's roots is a strong storm, and the test of a building's foundation is an earthquake or a flood, so the test of your love is when these sorts of trials hit. Do you shake your fist at God because he disappointed you? Do you complain when things don't go your way? Then that's a test of whether you are really being rooted and grounded in love. Do you get angry with those who you have wronged or you are insensitive to your hard work? If so, you got more work to do on your foundation of being rooted and grounded in love. You got to sink your roots deeper. You got to grow deeper in Christ. So how do we get rooted and grounded in love? Listen to what Paul says here. Secondly, comprehend his love through the Spirit. Look at verse 18. He says, May have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. This is where this prayer gets very interesting. Because remember what we were talking about here. He's talking about love in the previous verse. And Paul was not very specific in what kind of love. But now he makes it very specific. Look what he says here. He moves it from being general to now he's talking about the love of Christ. So here we want to grow in our love. We want to be rooted and grounded. We want to be deep in our love. And how do we do it? Well, look what he says here. Look at the phrase. They have strength to comprehend. The word comprehend means to lay hold of or to seize. So Paul is praying that we may have the power to lay hold of or comprehend the immensity of Christ's love for us, which is beyond our comprehension. It surpasses knowledge is what Paul says. So if you remember, remember what Paul prayed that we look in the previous verse? He said, look what he, listen to what he says. He says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. How are we going to be able to comprehend the love of Christ? It's not natural. It's supernatural. And therefore, we need a supernatural agent, the Holy Spirit, to enlighten us to be able to comprehend the love of Christ. It's what gives us the, uh, the understanding of that. It gives us the ability to grasp it and to understand it because it surpasses knowledge is what Paul says. So we must have God's power to do this. We comprehend his love through the Spirit is what he says. I believe that as a Christian, none of us will ever arrive to the point where we say, Aha! 
I figured it out. I got it now. It's an impossibility. That's why I believe the power of the gospel is so amazing because as when we focus on Christ and we focus on who Jesus is and we focus on what he did for us, I mean, think about this. Just think about this just for a minute. Remember in Ephesians 2, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You walked according to the course of this world. You walked according to the vanity of your mind. You did the things which your flesh wanted to do. You were followers of Satan, is what Paul said. He says, but God who is rich in mercy. You see, Christ has transformed us. He's changed us. And that's why we need the gospel every single day in our life to dwell upon what Christ's love, the magnitude of his love towards us in the fact that he would rescue us as poor, helpless, needy sinners that were depraved, that needed Christ. And when we dwell upon that, the spirit of God does an amazing thing he enlightens us. He transforms us. He strengthens us. He enables us to lay hold and to grasp what the love of Christ really is. So none of us get to that point where we say, I've arrived because we haven't. And it's a lifelong goal is to always to understand more and more of who Christ is and the love of Christ. And so Paul here is praying that we would come to know Christ's great love, that we would come to experience it at an ever-deepening levels. Look at these words as what he says here. I love this pray, prayer here, what he prays, because he's talking about laying hold, seizing it. And look at these words. Why would Paul pray this way? Well, look at this. Number one, I believe it helps us appreciate and comprehend Christ's love for us. Listen to what he says that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. That's why I believe when we gather together as believers in Christ, that it enables us to understand more of the love of Christ. Because when we share with one another what God is doing in our life, what God has done in our life, some prayer that God has answered, how God has given us strength to overcome some trial, how God has enabled us to endure through a trial. When we hear those testimonies, it should do something inside of us that it helps us understand more of the love of Christ. But I believe, secondly, Christ's love is sometimes demonstrated through other believers. We're family. If you know Christ as your Savior, we are family. And as such, family is supposed to work together. Family is to love one another. Family is to help each other. One of the things I love what, uh, what Jeff's family does is they have family work days. Jeff's over there going, oh man, a great work day. <laughs> but the whole family gets together and they go over to each other's houses and they complete a project, whether it's staining a deck, building a deck, installing plumbing, 
Who knows? But they do it all together as a family, helping each other out. And so Paul is praying that we may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what the love of Christ is. And so quite often we grow in love when another believer demonstrates the love of Christ towards us. Because we grow in that love. We are able to understand what God is doing because the love of Christ is being shown through somebody else. So if I want to grow in my Christian life and my maturity, I need to be rooted and grounded in love. We need to do that. We need to grow in that. We need to understand what the love of Christ is in that sense. And so we come to understand that. So how should I grow in his love? How should I do that? Look what he says here, verse number three. We are to continue in that. He says, verse 18, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. You see, we can know something of his great love, but then again, we don't know the fullness of his love because it surpasses knowledge is what Paul is saying here. You see, Christ's love is unfathomable. It's unattainable. It's, you, you can't comprehend it is what Paul is saying here. And so throughout all of eternity, I believe that when we, when we are finally in the presence of Jesus, I think that's going to be an amazing part. When we are finally in the presence of Jesus, did you know throughout all of eternity, Christ is going to be continually revealing his love towards you and towards me? We will stand in amazement of the love of Christ. Because it'll be continually be revealed towards us. You got to get this thinking out of your head. That heaven is just sitting on a cloud in a nightgown and strumming a harp. That's not heaven. We are going to be worshiping Jesus Christ for all of eternity. We're going to be praising God for what he's done. The Bible says that the angels are going to stand in amazement at the redemption of you. That's going to be an amazing thing. And so as believers, we are to continue in his love. So what are we to do if we want to grow in spiritual maturity and become rooted and grounded in his love? How do we do that? How do we continue his love? Well, consider Christ's love and how he reveals his love to us. Paul uses these measurements. These measurements that Paul gives emphasize the immensity of Christ's love. You see, you can go left, you can go right, you can go up, you can go down, you can go forward, you can go backward, but yet you still haven't explored all that there is to know about Christ and his love. Look at these words that Paul uses. He talks about the breadth of Christ's love. The breadth of Christ's love. Think about that. This encompasses a great multitude that is beyond number. It's consisting of people from every nation and tribe and people and tongue. Listen to what Revelation 7, 9 has to say. He says, after these things I looked and here was an enormous crowd that no one could count. Made up of persons from every nation tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb dressed in long white robes and with palm branches in their hands. 
the breadth of Christ's love, that he redeems the world. Look what he says here, the length of Christ's love. This extends from eternity to eternity. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5 says that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestinated us to be as to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. God's love is an eternal love. It's without measure. It goes from eternity to eternity. It's incomprehensible to understand that. And that supernatural, eternal love will never let us go. Look what he says here, the height of his love. This height of his love lifts us up to our exalted position of being seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, is what Ephesians 2, 6 has to say. And his eternal purpose of that love is that we would be holy and blameless before him. Lifted far above the temptations here below that so easily beset us. And so Paul is saying you need to experience, you need to understand the breadth, the length, the height of his love. And look what he says here also, the depth of his love. You see, the depth of God's love caused him to leave the glory of heaven and his exalted position. When God himself stepped out of heaven and stepped into creation, he robed himself in flesh. He became a man without ceasing to be God. And he lived among us. He went to the cross. He was beaten. He was crucified. He was mocked, he was scourged, he died, he was put in a tomb, and three days later he rose again. And now he's been exalted. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And that depth of his love, that God would, be, would come to earth as a baby, a helpless baby. That's the depth of his love. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we would become the righteousness of God in him. Think about that. That Jesus became sin for us. That's the depth of his love. And so he redeemed us. So see, we can never get to the end of such immense love. God is always revealing about who he is, about his love. And so we need to ask ourselves, am I growing more and more to know this unknowable love of Christ? Do I know his love experientially more today than I did a year ago? Am I growing in the love of Christ? Look at this last thing that Paul talks about here. The result of this. Verse 19, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now here is the result of being rooted and grounded in love that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Look at that phrase, the fullness of God. What does that mean? Not just some fullness, but all is what Paul says, all fullness, 
all of who God is, everything that God represents, the perfection and the holiness of God. Paul is praying that we will attain to spiritual perfection, spiritual maturity in your life. Having all that God is to fill us to overflowing. Have this cup here. When would you say the cup is full? If you were to if you were to be at a restaurant and you'd say, Yeah, could you fill my drink, please? Where do they usually fill it? A little bit from the top? Has anybody ever gotten a, a drink and they filled it all the way to the brim? Huh? Is that full? Where is full on this cup? The very top? When it's running over? Paul is saying that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. When we are rooted and grounded in love, in our spiritual maturity, and we are growing in the depth and the height and the breadth and the length of his love, Paul says supernaturally through the, through the Spirit of God, he fills us to the fullness of God. So here as a believer, I believe that many believers in Christ are not spiritually mature, they're not rooted and grounded in love, because they are not filled with the fullness of God. They're not living their life in the fullness of God. They would live and be happy having their life only filled halfway. I said, well, hey, this is, this is the Christian life. I'm, I'm doing everything that I should be doing. I'm, I got my little checklist. I'm going through the, through the things. I'm happy. Life's great. Wonderful. But God doesn't want you to live that way. Jesus says, I've come that they might have life and they might have it abundantly. And so what God does is when we start to root and ground our lives in Christ's love, the breadth and the height and the depth and the length, what God begins to do is he begins to fill us all the way to the top and then starts running it over. And the more water that continues to come out, God continues to pour more. More and more and more. Because he's doing it, what? Not out of his riches, but according to his riches. He continues to give more and more and more. So your capacity to know the love of God is never there because he continues to reveal himself more and more and more. And that's why Paul prays and he says that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Can God ever empty himself? He can't. Completely. He can't. He, he's eternal. It's an impossibility. And so God continues to fill you and to reveal more of himself to you and to fill you with his love. And as a result of that is that you will be rooted and grounded. So when the temptations come, when the trials come, when the storms come, when the disappointments come, it's not, oh man, my life is so miserable but that you can stand the test. That you can be rooted and grounded in his love. That is spiritual maturity for the believer. 
So where are you as a believer living your life at? Are you living it kind of little bit full? Three quarters way full? Right at the brim full? Are you experiencing Christ's love, the height, the depth, the length, the breadth, to an overflowing capacity where he's continually filling you, continually filling you, continually filling you? That's the kind of Christian life that Paul wants us to live in the fullness of God. God wants us to know him. God wants us to know him in a greater way. Are you being filled with him? Let's pray together.